I can feel it down in my plums. They're getting a nice bluish hue. Getting ready to take them to the farmer's market. Special two plums for one. <laughs> Risk Cutters, A Love Story, is a dark comedy film released in 2006 and directed by Goran Dukic. Risk Cutters tells the story of Zia, a man who has committed suicide and wakes up in the afterlife that is populated by other people who have committed suicide as well. The movie is available on Plex. Please consider watching this film before joining us for the discussion portion of the show. Spoiler alerts are ahead. Zia is a young man who has committed suicide after a breakup with his girlfriend Desiree. He wakes up in the afterlife where nobody is allowed to smile and is populated by others who have committed suicide. At a bar, he strikes up a friendship with a man named Eugene. One day at the store, a friend of Zia's informs him that Desiree has committed suicide shortly after Zia died. He convinces Eugene to go with him as they embark to find Desiree. During the road trip, they find McCaw, a girl who claims she is in the afterlife by mistake. She hitchhikes with them in order to find the people in charge. During the drive, Eugene reveals to them that there is a black hole underneath his passenger seat, stating that anything that goes inside it will disappear. At nighttime, Eugene nearly runs over a man lying in the middle of the road. The man is Neller, a community leader who is searching for his dog. Deciding to go to Neller's community, Zia tells McCall of a dream he had of failing his suicide attempt and waking up at the hospital, to which McCall admits to Zia that she is in the afterlife due to an accidental overdose. Jan, a camper informs everyone that Neller's dog has been taken by a cult leader named the Messiah King. They awaken the next morning and arrive at the Messiah King's camp, only to find Desiree there as a cult member, revealing to Zia that she did not take her life over Zia's death, but only to follow the Messiah King into the afterlife. Just as the Messiah King is about to perform a ritual, Neller reveals that he is an agent working for the people in charge. McCall is taken away, promising Zia she will return. As time passes by, Eugene shows up to pick up Zia and explains to him that the people in charge have returned McCall back to her life. Eugene leaves but gives his car away to Zia. While attempting to put a cassette into the stereo, the cassette falls underneath the passenger seat. As he reaches for the cassette, Zia goes through it and enters the black hole. The film ends with Zia waking up at the hospital. As he turns his head, he sees McCall laying in the hospital bed next to him. They look at each other and smile vibrantly. You know, there are underrated films, and then there's this one, Risk Cutters, a love story, a movie I very much enjoyed, a movie so underrated, I didn't even know this movie existed up until about a month or two ago, man. There are underrated movies, and then there's some that are like underground. This shit is underwater. <laughs> I would say, man, I very much enjoyed this, man. Hmm. And off the back, man, I remember when I was done Watching this film, I think it took me only 20 minutes for me to write down everything I wanted to say about this movie. Damn, really? Yes, dude. I could not wait to get started on this one. I enjoyed it that much. Mm, okay. And we're going to get into all the plot, all that good stuff. But first, where are my manners? Can't be starting without welcoming everybody. So welcome, everybody, to episode number 28. 28. 
of Beer in a Movie with the We Side Boys. We're your host, fantastic as always. I'm Ticket the Dominator. And I'm Danny. Wrist Cutter's a love story, brother. Very much enjoyed it. I've already said that. What about you, man? What, what do you got to say about this? Yeah, I actually was aware of this movie, I think, back in 2013 when I first subscribed to Netflix, like when it was still fairly new, like streaming service. Mm -hmm. This was one of the movies that was on there that I read the synopsis about. And I thought it was really, or it sounded really interesting, but I never got around to watching it. So it's fitting that we finally circled back all these years later and watched it. And I was more than pleasantly surprised. Yes. Fuck yes. Cannot wait to do that, man. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, uh, this movie was recommended by a good brother. We're going to get into all that right now. We're going to do uh, all that good stuff, get into the plot, characters, all that stuff. But... The discussion of this movie does not start without opening up some beers. So, brother, let him know what our poison for tonight is. Tonight, we are drinking another beer from the Lost Abbey. For those of you that remember, we had a beer for Antichrist. Judgment Day. Yes. But this one is Serpent Stout. It mm -hmm. is an Imperial Stout. Let's see. What is the ABV on this? It's 11%. So, Ooh. another heavy hitter. It's heavy, man. Yeah. Ready for a swig, brother? Yes, let's do it. Here we go. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Mm. Ooh, yeah. I actually, I'm drinking this out of the uh, We Side Boys mug, bro. Yeah, there me too. Yeah, well. fuck yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have these, huh? Yeah, it's really fuck, cool. I'm getting another swig right here. Mmm, <laughs> mm, I like this a lot. I'm a big fan of um, like stouts, porters, anything like dark ale. Yeah. You know? So mm -hmm. I knew I was going to like this. So we're going to get into... Uh, because this beer was also recommended to the same gentleman that recommended us this movie. Mm -hmm. He's going to get the shout out. But before we do, I'd like to give a birthday shout out to my dear friend and great listener from all the way from Washington, brother. Remember? Yeah. Uh, Vanilla Sky episode. You got a shout out on that one. Mm -hmm. My dear friend, Joanna Camarena. Happy birthday. Nice. Joanna, cheers to you. Let me get a swig right here. Mm -hmm. When this episode comes out, I believe the birthday will be the following day. I'm not mistaken, or the or the day before. So on me, Joanna, you will be also be getting a beer mug and a shirt, complimentary of me. You're very welcome. Uh, much love to you and the kiddos. And don't forget that calories do not count during your birthday week. All right. So like Keanu Reeves says, eat that ice cream, dance in the rain, do all that good shit. You only live once. I believe that's what he said. <laughs> Some quote like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, cheers to you, Joanna. Much love, my friend. Mm. Cheers. All right, bro. And now let's get into the shout-out of the week. Shout-out of the week goes to the good brother, Cheech, Edgar Ferrer. Cheers, brother. Much love to you. Thank you so much for recommending us this fucking great movie. Uh, this uh, He gave us, he gifted us this beer as well, bro. And there is no uh, there's no story time with Tiki today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to plug in his uh, his Instagram handle, which is Blue Eyes. Okay, I, I'll even tag it on the on the post and everything. But the good brother is an aspiring photographer, so please, you guys, go out of your way and check out his work on his Instagram page. He does uh, photo shoots for everything, for weddings, baby showers. He's even down to do bar mitzvahs. He would do anything and everything. Give the good brother a chance. Check out his work. And just, uh, just check out the page, man. He's a talented motherfucker. All right. So cheers to you, my friend. Here we go, Cheech. One for Cheech. Cheers. Mm-hmm. All right. And one thing I got to say to Cheech. 
is, brother, ESCO will always be here for you. It will always be here. Go out for your goals, brother. Oregon is waiting for you. Go fucking do it, all right? One more swig for the good men right here. Cheers. Cheers. All right, much love, brother. Let's rank this beer, brother. Let's do it. What do you, what do you, what do you got? I think I've had this beer before, but it's been a long time. It's a pretty good stout, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. I don't really, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. It's very, it's very good. What are some of the things that are brewed with? Like, uh, is there like vanilla in this, or what does it say? Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't really say a whole lot, like what's brewed with it. It's just, uh. it's a, it has a story. It's interesting, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, you can get the notes of coffee in there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they use like dark malt. Yeah. But no, this this beer is pretty solid. I would say I would give it a three out of five. Cool. Pretty middle of the road for me. Yeah. I I like this a lot. Like I said before, I'm a big fan of stouts and all that stuff. But I think Judgment Day was a little better. I gave Judgment Day a four. This one, I'm going to give it half a star below it. Three and a half stars out of five for me. Nice. But I do like this. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, bro, I think I'm feeling a little warm already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very drinkable, but it's yeah. not something you're going to be drinking all night. Oh, fuck. <laughs> One more swig for the good men right here, and then let's get into uh, this movie that is Risk Cutters, a love story. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Risk Cutters, a love story. I'm just going to call it Risk Cutters going forward, right? Yeah. But the entire uh, film is called Risk Cutters, a love story. Uh, when I was told about this movie, man, I was like, I was like, all right. I was very much interested with the premise. I re- I thought the the premise was very interesting that someone. Would well, I mean, even that, like someone, like a touchy subject, like suicide, and they're able to spin it into another angle and make a love story out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was real interesting. So a man commits suicide and he, he goes to the afterlife where only people who have committed suicide are populating this afterlife. Mm-hmm. And he, he commits suicide because he broke up with his lady and then finds out that his lady's out there. She committed suicide as well. So now he's going out to look for her. I thought that was a very interesting premise. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into these characters, brother. Uh, starting with Zia, the main character. And it's played by Patrick Fugit. He's a little kid from Almost Famous. Yes. Right? I've also seen him in uh, Gone Girl. He's the cop that was, uh, a- yes, mm-hmm. Agent Boney's uh, uh, right-hand man, yeah. basically. All right? We're going to get into McCall, played by Shannon Sossaman. I have not seen her in anything, but you have, brother. We'll get into the the later work much later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get with uh, Eugene, who is the friend of Zia, played by Shea Wiggum. Uh, have you seen him lately, dude? He hasn't aged well. He really? looks he looks very young in this. Uh huh. And then I saw a picture of him now. He, damn, like uh, he doesn't look like like badly old. But I'm just like, whoa! I was like, that's that's what happened to him like 20 years later. <laughs> no, I haven't really seen a later picture of him or a more recent picture, I should say. But the last thing I remember seeing him in was in True Detective, but oh, dude, he's he was like the the revival the, preacher, the preacher, yeah, yeah. dude, that's right. Mm. By the way, bro, we never got back to like rewatching <laughs> that, huh? Mm-hmm. Damn, we got to get back on it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next character is Desiree, played by Leslie Bibb. I have seen her in, in other things. More more of that later. Uh, next character is Neller. 
who's played by Tom Waits. Mm. And Tom Waits, I had no idea who he was, dude. And then I found out he was a singer. Yeah. Yeah, right? And then Tom Waits' song, Dead and Lovely, is in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I just thought Tom Waits was an actor, dude. Uh, now, I'm not familiar with like uh, his music or any of that. I, I did like the intro song, though. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And next, we're going to get to the Messiah King, played by Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a side character. Yeah. Yeah, and the last side character I'm going to bring up is Jan, played by John Hawks. <laughs> I know, right? He's following yeah. us around. Yeah. John Hawks, man. I, I think of John Hawks, I think of one scene in a show, and I'll get to that later. <laughs> I, do you know what I'm talking about, dude? I don't think so, but I have my own that I'm laughing about. <laughs> it makes me laugh so fucking hard. More of that later. Uh-huh. And now, so those are the characters. And we're going to get into the plot now, brother. So let's get one more swig of this pretty uh, dark brewski that I am actually enjoying. So cheers, brother. Cheers. All right. So let's do it, brother. Film begins with Zia uh, in his room. Pretty messy room. He's cleaning it up and shit. Mm-hmm. While Tom Waits' song that I just mentioned, Dead and Lovely, is playing in the background. Yep. And he fucking cuts his wrist. Hence the name Wrist Cutters. Mm-hmm. A lot of blood. Uh, w- my little observation here is that he was preparing himself for this because he was cleaning his room. Yeah. Takes quite a time for him to clean the room. He even puts on a nice shirt. Mm-hmm. And so it's like he's think he has been thinking about this. Right. And then he finally cuts his wrist and he ends his life. Uh, and then it pans over to a picture of Desiree. And then they show Desiree at Zia's funeral, but she doesn't really show any emotion. She's smoking a cigarette, kind of just like not really like emotionless, basically, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you see her that she's like finally starts crying. What we're assuming is to Zia's death, but she's crying in the arms of another guy. Mm. Right. Did you catch that, bro? No, I don't think I remember that part. Yeah. So that's what happens. So then let's fast forward now to Zia in the afterlife, which... Fuck, dude, that fucking sucks. It's like, dude, you're in the after, you've died, and you still have to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kamikaze pizza. <laughs> yeah, so mm. he says that the afterlife is the same as life. It's just a little worse. Yeah. Is what he says. Yeah, and I, I like the artistic choice that they go with, because yeah. everything is like a sepia tone. Yes, like the tone, the tint of it, right? Yeah. Like it's bluish like, a little? Yeah, it's like that weird filter of old mm. photographs or, you know, f- people that are trying to be artsy. But it's yeah. it's perfectly fitting because it looks, it doesn't look horrible, but it's like slightly worse. Yeah. So I thought that was fitting. There's a scene that we'll get into later, bro, that reminded me of a different scene from another movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually two movies because it was like inspired by another, but more of that a little later. But I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the tent, bro, because yeah. I... I, I, I same thing with me. Mm-hmm. That I saw it right away. Yeah. All right. So uh, he is actually, he goes to a bar. And let's remember now, this afterlife, uh, it's people, only people who have committed suicide are there. Yeah. Right. So everybody has a backstory. Mm-hmm. Everybody has like an interesting way of how they got there. Right. So he's at a bar and he strikes up a conversation with these two girls. Yeah. And those two girls, one of the girls asked uh, Zia, so how did it happen? Mm-hmm. Which he says, that's a fucking rude thing to say. <laughs> but at the same time, I can kind of like understand because it, well, I can't understand. Obviously, I haven't fucking been there. But <laughs> but it would be interesting to ask somebody like, hey, why are you here? Because everybody, like I mentioned, has, yeah. a, different, has a story. Mm-hmm. So he shows his uh, his wrist. He has the scars. So right here, bro, I have a, I have a bit of a flaw already. Okay. Is that since he uh, quite clearly already 
cut his his wrist and he has the scars, right? One of the girls, the girl that asked, because he ends up asking her, well, okay, how did you, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And she like is in front of an oven, right? And does it blow up or anything like that? It doesn't really imply like what happens or whatever, but it would say that it would make it mean that she she pretty much like died because it like the thing blew up, right? No, it's she killed herself from the fumes. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So you know, I mean, if you leave your oven running and you, I mean, she suffocated to death. Gotcha. Okay, then it's not a flaw then because I was gonna say that maybe she had she had died because of the burns or no. something like that. So no. then, then that's why I would say like, oh, that's a flaw because there's <laughs> no burn marks on her. Well, now that you bring that up, it's interesting to note that there aren't any really that horrific people walking around like people mm-hmm. that burn to death or anything mm-hmm. but i guess that kind of makes sense right because i guess people don't i mean not a lot of people choose to burn themselves to death so. yeah and then not not to like go too far into the plot dude but mm-hmm. nick offerman's character yeah he has the bullet wound yeah. still coming out from his head later yeah. on yep. in the in the movie right so that's where i feel like okay that's a flaw okay but good i'm glad you you cleared that up for me but uh-huh. thank you okay and this is the introduction to eugene who's that the um, at the bar and strikes up a friendship with him his his suicide was i don't mean to laugh and shit, but it was kind of funny yeah was it not like he was playing a show uh-huh. they're booing him off and he just says fuck it and he pours beer onto his uh uh guitar yeah electrocutes himself and dies yeah because they say he sucks and stuff yeah but i will say one thing i did like about this bar scene is like the subtle detail they put into this mm-hmm. because when he meets eugene at some point i don't know if it's Later, after the girls leave, but Joy Division is playing in the background. Love will tear us apart. Never, uh, never realized that. Dude. Yeah, so they're a post-punk band, and the lead singer Ian Curtis killed himself. Oh shit! He killed himself because he was going through a divorce. I guess he had like infidelity and or something. But the, the, basically, the point is like uh, he would be in this afterlife if it were like a real thing. <laughs> yeah, you know? I just thought it was a nice touch to add there. Yeah. That they, they played it, too. Oh, good ear, brother. Mm-hmm. Good shit right there. And oh, what I thought was interesting, too, is that, like, Eugene's entire family is there, dude. Yeah. And, and like, the thing is, like, that, that's sad because, like, they're, like, a nice, tight-knit Russian family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just, like, kind of sad that like, the entire family is there. They all committed suicide, but they all got their own stories and shit <laughs> yeah. behind it, you know? Um, oh, I was gonna. Did you notice about uh, when they were going through his story about how his family killed themselves? Did you notice the younger, his younger brother? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an accent. Uh, you didn't notice the actor? No. Who is it? It was the guy from Mysterious Skin, the little boy. No way, dude. Yes. A little. Is it uh, Neil or is Neil. it Brian? Oh Neil. shit, dude. Yeah. Look at Brian, that. How did you not pick? How did you not capture that? I don't know, dude. I, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. No, I didn't fucking notice that. Hey, you got to go back and watch, man. Uh, Mysterious can I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch that one. We well, watch Risk Cutters and you'll be like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be happy to, man. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, dude, I got to take a swig for that, dude. Fucking blew my mind right now. Yeah. Fucking, you have keen eyes for that, brother. Good yeah, shit. Yeah, I feel like he's a pretty recognizable, especially yeah. after that movie. Oh, Fuck. dude. Well, I was trying to forget it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, good shit, brother. Fuck yeah. Good shit right there. So let's get back to these girls, right? Mm-hmm. So the girls, they take off and they say, I'll be right back. Yeah. To which Eugene tells them, whenever a girl says, I'll be right back, they don't come back. Mm-hmm. Does come later. In fact, later in the story. Fast forward to a store scene where Zia is uh, 
is right there with a friend of his who's played by Gary Busey's son. Yeah. It's basically his reincarnation, bro. He looks just like his father. Yeah, he does. Right? He tells him, he informs Zia that, hey, Desiree uh, committed suicide shortly after you. So then Zia re- realizes it and he's like, oh, shit, I got to go find her. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, Gary Busey's son in this, he has like the big old scars in his fucking face. Yeah. So that's... so. Again, with the details that they kind of show marks of people of how they died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or and something like it that. was uh, it was an interesting cameo. I liked it because, you know, I, I like him. I've seen him in other movies, but mm-hmm. they don't really go into how they know each other because it seems like Zia doesn't really like him or doesn't really care for him. Yeah, you know, just that he owes him money. Yeah, he owes him 200 bucks, right? But mm-hmm. they don't really go into like how, like what their relationship is. <laughs> so he, he owed him $200 in the mm-hmm. real life and then still wants his money in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> he held grudges, man, <laughs> motherfucker, for two hundred bucks. Yeah, but yes, man. So after the realization of that, he's like, "Oh, I need to go find Desiree, man." Yeah. So he goes to Eugene and he convinces him, "Hey, let's go find her." And Eugene agrees to do it, man. And then he fucking they go embark on this piece of shit car, dude. Yeah. It is such a horrible looking car. Among the many things that are fucked up with this car is that the headlights don't work. Besides that, it's old. It, it's like hardly running and stuff like that. Yeah. But regardless of that, they end up uh, going to go find uh, Desiree. And this is the introduction to McCall. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, she does say that she should, she had just got to the afterlife. So she hitchhikes. She says like, oh yeah, I'm here by mistake. Mm-hmm. I am here to talk to the people in charge. So she hitchhikes with them. And then this is where Eugene uh, informs them. He's like, hey, I have a black hole underneath my my seat mm-hmm. or, or the passenger seat. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So he says like, yeah, anything that goes through there uh, just disappears and never comes back. And then during like the, the duration of the film, like yeah. everything gets dropped in there, his shades. Yeah. It's like a, a running map. Gag. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you motherfuckers are clumsy for doing this <laughs> shit over and over. But for like telling the story purposes, I thought it was like, it was real nice mm-hmm. and shit like that. I'm taking another swig right here, brother. Cause this beer is fucking, it's like hitting me. Like yeah. in a good way, I'm I'm genuinely like digging this. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I really liked again the design choice of this movie too. When they're on this road trip or they're driving around the world that they're in, like they said before, it's slightly worse. Mm-hmm. So everything is kind of run down, and it's not terrible, but it's not great. Like even the road that they're driving on. Yeah. You ever like driving on a really shitty road that has like all those patch lines on it? You know, mm-hmm. instead of them just repaving it. And you'll notice, like, there's cars kind of crashed off in the side. It's not horrible, but it just looks run down. Yeah, I agree, man. Mm-hmm. It's good shit there. And you know what I what I like about it, too, is that, like, to to make it show that uh, the three characters, right, McCall, Eugene, yeah. and Zia, uh, they didn't have to do too much to explain that a lot of time has passed because Eugene, he plays his bands like music. Yeah. Right. And then they show I like how they showed the camaraderie, how they've been together for a while, it seems. And they start singing Eugene's band songs. Yeah. That weird song. Yes. Like good stuff right there. Like you don't have to take too much time to explain that they are together for a while. Like uh-huh. that was to me in a, perf- a perfect way yeah. to show how they've grown over time mm. through their camaraderie and good stuff right there. And then let's go to a scene where they they show up at a at a diner and uh they they kind of like McCall like uh, eavesdrops on them saying like oh yeah like wh- wh- why is she here like can't you be trusting this girl so she gets mad right and she takes off uh-huh. right 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be mad too. Like if I eavesdrop these people, I just barely, man, they're talking shit about me uh-huh. and stuff like that. And then I like this scene, man. Uh, it's the, the, the gas station scene, right? So McCall gets arrested. So she, she takes away and hitchhikes with some unknown people. They end up going to a gas station, right? And then when they see McCall again, she's being arrested by Nick Offerman. Yeah. Right? And this is where I just mentioned, like, they show his backstory where he was in the war, yeah. committed suicide by shooting himself, mm-hmm. and he has the wound, right? Yeah. So she gets arrested because she was smiling. So again, you cannot smile mm-hmm. in the afterlife. Yep. And uh, Zia, like, bails her out and tells her, like, hey, she just got here. She has no idea. So because of this, like, she has to hitchhike with them again. Mm-hmm. So while, while they were filling up the car with the gas, the nozzle's still on there and it's hooked. And they take off with it. And it fucks up, like, uh, the gas thing, right? Yes. So, like, the, the, the clerk comes out, the Native American-looking man. Mm-hmm. So any hardcore wrestling fans out there, he really reminded me of Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Billy and Chuck, <laughs> underrated fucking tag team. But, yeah. So because of this, he they have to basically like fill out an incident report. And in the incident report, you have to put like, what were you thinking when this happened? Mm. Right? So Z is looking through it and he sees Desiree had filled out one of those incident reports as well. And she described it as I was thinking of my ex-boyfriend mm. when this happened. So then he takes out the page, right? And he shows Eugene and McCall and says, guys, like, oh, like Desiree, we're nearby. It even gave me an address of where she's at. Yes. So he's he's still like a little hopeful that that she's still like into him, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, he would have no other reason to think otherwise, right? Because yes. he believes that she killed her, herself because of his suicide. So, mm-hmm. that, I mean, he's just under the impression that obviously she was deeply affected. Yes. And uh, they they end up going to the address, but it's the wrong address. They say, well, and it's not the wrong address. They just say, oh, she moved. Yeah. I, I knew it was like way too early in the film mm-hmm. for them to like bring her out there. So yeah, yeah it didn't really fool me. Okay. But I did like how it, it, it was like a way of like, okay, we're we're getting close to her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So, and then I like this part too, bro. It's um the miracles, right? The miracles that happen in this afterlife, right? Uh-huh. These miracles happen. Well, it gets explained a little later on, but I already mentioned that this piece of shit car that Eugene drives, a lot of the things that are messed up with it are that the headlights don't work. Yep. Right? So McCall starts like messing with the headlights and she fixes them. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we can call that like a miracle because we end up finding later in the movie that the miracles, ha- the quote unquote miracles happen here because people do this shit effortlessly. Yeah. It's So like McCall, she is in the afterlife by mistake. So she doesn't give a fuck about any of these places. Mm-hmm. So she's like bound to do any of these miracles since she's so careless about this whole afterlife in general. Uh-huh. So this headlight scene that she fixed the headlights could be considered a miracle hmm. by those standards. I don't know if you caught that. bro. No, I didn't catch that. That's a good observation. Yeah. Yes. So uh, while these uh, headlights are going on, right? Now that they work, uh, then they like turn off mysteriously, right? <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the night, and this is the introduction to Neller, played uh-huh. by Tom Waits. He's yeah. like in the middle of the road. That just laying there. He's just laying there, mm-hmm. and they crash. Right? It's already a fucked up car. Yeah. They make the car already worse, mm-hmm. and they come out. And Eugene says, "What the fuck, man? It's irresponsible of you to be fucking out here." He's like, "Oh yeah, I just thought I'd lay down right here. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for my dog." <laughs> yeah. So he's he's looking for guy. He's looking for his dog. Yeah. Mm. And he almost gets hit by it. So yeah, this is the introduction to Neller, and he also says, "Like yeah, I have a community." Uh. Uh, like, cause he's like a community leader. 
Yes. Right? So they all get to the community. And this is the introduction to some side characters, right? Jan, who I had mentioned already, is played by John Hawks. Mm-hmm. And Nanook, mm-hmm. which is the, the... She doesn't really say much in this one, but... Oh, it's... she's mute, right? Oh, is she? Well, I didn't she, catch that. She doesn't speak, mm-hmm. but she does the throat singing. So that's yes. crazy because, like, even though she doesn't speak, mm-hmm. uh, Eugene falls for her. Yeah. Well, they fall for each other. Yeah. He like tries to teach her things and mm-hmm. impress her, I guess. But yeah. Yes. Th- oh, I'm sorry, brother. You were gonna say something? No, I kind of had like a, a flash of a thought. I was gonna say I think also they mentioned that her family all killed themselves too. Oh, but they didn't like bring them up, though, huh? They just they yeah. said that they said that. Oh, that's all they said. But they don't like they no, didn't go they, back and because like, show them they don't live like together. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. I guess that's they have a, they have a lot in common. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, dude, that that has to be the spark, then. You know, it's because you that yeah, they have something in common there. Mm-hmm. Their entire families are in the afterlife. Yeah, I did not catch that, bro. Mm-hmm. Good shit. All right, so now that they're in the community, right? Uh, there's, there's just like, uh, it looks like Neller's doing this presentation. Yeah. Like a preacher almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you get this? Uh, dude, it reminded me of that scene in crash where, um, uh, Vaughn Vaughn is with his cult. And did you get the same thing? Cause they're sitting in in what looks like bleachers and shit like that. They were like in a similar setting right now. And I was like, dude, like, I'm trying to forget about Crash still, bro. Yeah, and then I was going to say. And then I saw this shit. I said, oh, no. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, do I need to go back and watch Crash now? No, no. I feel like uh, Crash does not live rent-free in my head. I try to <laughs> I try to get rid of that. So, no, I did not make that connection. Yeah. So, during this presentation, this, like, preacher mm-hmm. thing, right? Again, with, like, another miracle here is that um, – uh, McCall, she lights a match mm-hmm. to light up a cigarette, and she throws the match, but the match floats in the air. Yeah, and and Zia's looking at this, and he's like, he's kind of like in awe. He's like, he's like, why can't I do any of these miracles? Yeah, because he's thinking too hard about it. Yeah, but again, it proves that McCall doesn't give a fuck about this like afterlife because it's so effortlessly for her. Mm. Whereas opposed to Zia, has a purpose to be in this afterlife, and now he's embarking to go find Desiree. Mm. So it would be hard for him to have a miracle when he actually cares about something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So the next morning, Zia's still complaining about the miracles. And that's where Neller tells him, he's like, there's no miracles for you because you care about something. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, oh, I'm sorry, but go for it. No, I was going to say, he, I remember he tells him, like, you're thinking too much about it. It'll mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Just don't, it'll make sense when it happens to you, right? Yes. That's what he was telling him. Yes. And then Zia gets picked up by McCall, who's driving this kind of like little, yeah, what little, is this, like little like tractor? Yeah, like tractor. a little truck or like a, yeah. a ute or whatever. Yes. And um, like in, they have this like nice little conversation where they're like opening up to each other. Where he tells uh, McCall of a dream about a failed suicide attempt and mm-hmm. waking up at the hospital. Yeah. To where uh, McCall opens up and says, well, I'll, I'll admit to you that the reason I'm here by mistake is because it was an accidental overdose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not that's not suicide. So she has a gripe to be like, that's why she says she wants to talk to the people in charge. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she has a, like a complaint. I shouldn't be here mm-hmm. and shit like that. All right. So I just thought it was cool that uh, they opened up to each other because like, like you don't just open up to yourself uh, with each other to like shit like that. It's such a touchy subject. Yeah, you know, it's very fragile, like sensitive topic to mm-hmm. talk about and shit like that. Did they ask her like how she killed herself? I feel like they didn't really ask her. No, they didn't ask her. They just showed 
what happened uh-huh. because she was uh, in her car and it looks like she was doing heroin. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I meant like before this, like when they picked her up. Yeah. They never really said like, well, how did you kill yourself, right? So Right. So it, they never, we never really touched on it before. So she kind of just voluntarily offered this information, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, shit. It took how, <laughs> how deep into this episode for a bird, brother? There's <laughs> <laughs> mm. a swig right there. And then it gets to like, to kind of like piss off. I wouldn't say piss off, but to kind of bum out Z a little more. He's looking through binoculars. And he's seeing uh, Eugene and Nanook mm-hmm. just fishing. Yeah. And Eugene picks up this fish uh-huh. and it starts changing colors. Yeah. And he says, fuck, like even even Eugene fucking <laughs> is making these miracles and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I, I don't know if uh, I wouldn't say a flaw, but a nitpick. You you could make an argument that like, why is Eugene um, like doing this these miracles if now he has Nanook? to care about mm-hmm. or or you could say that he doesn't care anymore because now he has nanook that he can do a miracle now yeah i don't know i mean that's a good point to bring up yeah. i think i latched onto the idea of more that these miracles happen when it doesn't really matter like mm-hmm. they're not really thinking about it and he's he's infatuated with nanook just trying to impress her and they catch this fish and he's just kind of showing it to her and I thought like the color changing was just kind of like secondary. Like he wasn't trying to change the color fish, mm-hmm. but just because he was trying to show her something, it, it just happened. Like yeah. it wasn't something that he was focusing on. I don't. Yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, I got the same thing too. But mm-hmm. I, I always, but that's what I thought. It's like you can make an argument for both mm-hmm. uh, with these miracles. Yeah, yeah. But okay. it was a nice way to like go it forward that like Z is still not unable. Yeah, Eugene is. Uh huh. Yeah, it's good shit right there, man. Let's fast forward a little bit. So Jan, Jan's character comes in again mm-hmm. and tells everybody that he found yeah the compound or whatever. He, yeah, he found the Messiah King with the with Neller's dog. Yeah, and, <laughs> it was funny how we told him too. He's <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, he got a sixteen ounce steak. Yeah, the fucking fat T bone and shit. Was, hey, if I was a dog, I would stay too. Yeah, and then it was it was funny too because he's. What once they they all say okay we're gonna go and find mm-hmm. the dog right yeah, yeah. and the last thing Neller says he goes sixteen ounce steak yeah <laughs> it's like hey did you give this fucking dog a sixteen ounce steak yeah the Messiah King did you know what I mean I also thought it was kind of funny too how they mentioned that oh we'll go drive tomorrow he's like no I, I only found it on foot mm-hmm. how far is it oh about six hours <laughs> like god damn that's that's quite a hike yeah <laughs> it is man yeah I do I actually have that on my notes too mm-hmm. like oh, they like- embark on foot. Like yeah, for, for six Messiah hours. Team. I mean, that's that's not an insignificant amount of time, right, dude? <laughs> it's like I don't fucking have six hours to fucking yeah. hike on foot. I, you, I need this dog now, man. If you told me that we had to go hike somewhere or walk somewhere for six hours tomorrow, I'd tell you to go fuck off. I'm like, There's no way. <laughs> if you told me an hour, I'd probably be like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yes, dude. But yes, bro, they end up embarking mm-hmm. on another separate journey to go find the dog mm-hmm. right and this is uh the beach scene where i was talking about where i'm going to bring up a different movie yeah because of the tent of this movie right there's a scene where uh mccall and zia go off on this beach scene yeah dude so i'm looking at this tent dude uh, uh not tent tint of of how the color is the blue the dark uh-huh. blue and dude i got bill and ted's bogus journeys when they when they find uh uh the the fuck what's his name dude not is it death 
Oh, the yeah. Grim Reaper, dude. Yeah, Death. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. He was in the Shawshank Redemption. Remember? Yeah, and he was. Hayward, in, yeah, he was in Die Hard too. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> because I say Bill and Ted's Bogus Dreams, then I got to bring up the Seventh Seal by Igmar Bergman, the classic movie, because that's what that movie was like. In, uh, that's what that Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey scene was inspired by. Okay. Do you remember that, dude? No, dude. I've, I mean, this is over my head right when now. When was the last time you saw Bill and Ted's Bogus Journeys, dude? Fuck. I recently watched, well, not recently, uh, maybe three years ago, I watched Bill and Ted's. What's the first one? Uh, Excellent Adventure. That's the one I watched. Okay. And then I didn't get around to watching Bogus Journey. Okay, dude. I, I got to find pictures of both of them because mm-hmm. the beach scene, I was like, dude, this is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journeys. Like, same, like they're at the beach, same color tint. <laughs> Everything. It looks just like it, dude. I think I isn't that the one where like uh Bill and Ted have like the evil robots yeah. that station. I re- station. I remember them looking over the cliff and saying some shit. Yeah. That's all I remember, but it's oh, so oh, hazy. yeah, yeah. Station is those completely different things. Yes. Yes. But back to the task ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So they end up finding the Messiah King's community. This is the introduction to the Messiah King, played mm. by Will Arnett. Yeah. All right. And they find Desiree right there as a cult member. Did not like this part though, brother. Zia is like, okay, I'm in the afterlife. I need to find Desiree. Uh-huh. And when they finally see each other, this embrace was not dramatic one fucking bit. Yeah, it wasn't at all. Not one fucking bit, dude. We gotta did have, not like this scene. We gotta have a dramatic embrace ranking. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> this one was actually worse than the embrace that had in uh Me Familia? Yes. Jeez. It was worse than that. That's the the gold standard of bad embraces. Fuck, dude. <laughs> When I haven't seen you in a week and it's time to fucking record this, dude, I see you and I, we have a better embrace than this shit, dude. You know? That's great, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. But yes, but then here comes the revelation, bro, mm-hmm. where Desiree tells Zia, like, yeah, after you died, I met the guy. So mm-hmm. let's back up a little bit, bro. So in the scene where she goes to the to the funeral and she's just smoking a cigarette yeah. and then she starts grieving to the guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's the Messiah King, right? It has to yeah, be the Messiah King. It was because what I remember about the beginning is Zia narrating mm-hmm. about how she would take it and then it, they're like overlaying it with what actually is happening or whatever. And there's that one part where he's like, and she meets this guy that mm-hmm. she's crying to and then he comforts her, you know, yeah. and then they have like a comforting fuck or something. What he says, right? Yeah. And that is the Messiah King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then it, that that's fucking heartbreaking, dude. Because it's like, damn, like I I'm out here to find you because I thought you killed yourself over me. Uh-huh. But now I'm finding out that you didn't give a fuck about me, really. Yeah, but you know, I will say when he first sees her, and he, it feels like almost immediately he's just over her. Uh, okay. Did you get that? I mean, somewhat because like they, um, because still like the the objective is to go find yeah. her, right? But but since like her, uh, Zia and Mc. McCall had been mm-hmm. opening up to each other. Yeah. They even sleep. I don't say sleep together. They didn't have sex. They were yeah. just sleeping with yeah, one yeah. another. Or that nasty ass beach. On the beach, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you're right, dude. It does kind of seem. Yeah, because he's like, oh, God, that's Desiree. And then he, they embrace. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, McCall looks a little jealous, huh? Yeah, she's kind of like, oh, that's great for you. And then he talks to Desiree. And yeah. it seems like within you know 30 seconds, he's like, oh, I don't care about this lady anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I picked up. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, you're right, dude. But at the same time, it's uh, like, like, dude, like the whole premise of this movie is to go find this. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's it's like almost marginalized. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like so mm-hmm. it's so matter of fact. But it's still like rubbed me the wrong way that I was like, damn, man, you didn't like 
uh, Desiree didn't give a fuck about Zia that much that she killed herself just to follow the Messiah King yeah. into the afterlife. So and, I really, I really don't really like this chick, and I don't really like her now even more. And I will say she's the first person that we see that is actually fucked up, like because mm -hmm. she's all limping and shit, right? She's mm. she's like one of the one people there that is like actually disabled, I guess, from her mm -hmm. suicide. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was interesting. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Good fuck, dude. I was gonna say keen eyesight right there, brother. Because everybody else is just chilling. Yeah. Oh, and then oh, also this, dude. I gotta bring up again, like the incident report, right? Mm -hmm. Where like the with the gas nozzle. Mm -hmm. So she filled out the the incident report saying, "Oh, I was, I thought I saw my ex boyfriend when mm -hmm. I drove off with this yeah. thing." So is the ex boyfriend is not Zia then? It's the Messiah King. Oh yeah, you're right. You know. Mm -hmm. So I was like, God damn it! So now like Zia has the the sheet in his hand when he had it, and he's like, Damn, dude. So that makes it even worse now. That yeah. like, ah, dude, fuck this bitch, dude. That's yeah. okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I also forgot to mention right here is that uh, the dog is finally reunited with Neller. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that he did not smile? I I know you're not allowed to smile in uh -huh. this afterlife, but did yeah. you notice like when when he finally has his dog, he still has that same expression, like he's not smiling, he's not doing anything like that. I didn't notice that. Okay, so I'll get into that in a little bit right now. The dog was smiling. Ah. And did the dog kill itself? Is that why it's there? Holy shit, bro. <laughs> right? What the fuck? Yeah, it's got to be there then, huh? Oh, you know, maybe this is kind oh, of... this is Yeah, maybe, it's, yeah it's we'll get hint. to that. It's, it's a hint. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. We're almost there. Mm -hmm. Okay? So then, uh, now that they're like reunited the dog and Neller, so then the Messiah King is going to do this ritual, which I never even thought about because it looks like he's going to commit suicide in front of his, in front of his cult. Yeah. Right. So then I would be like, okay, if you're already in the afterlife because of suicide, what would happen if you commit suicide in the afterlife? Yeah, I don't think they they kind of touched on that topic earlier on in the movie when mm -hmm. when he first uh, shows up at Kamikaze Pizza. He says like, I thought about killing myself. Yeah. Again, but I don't want to risk the chance of ending up somewhere worse. Yeah, like like a more fucked up limbo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what. Uh, the Messiah King's about to he's about yeah. to kill himself, uh -huh. and then you can uh, while you while that's about to happen, like he he shanks himself with the knife. <laughs> yeah. You can see Neller kind of talking into his wrist, kind of like this like walkie-talkie looking thing. Yeah, and he's like, "Call for backup, call for backup." Yeah, right. So then it's like, boom, uh, revelation right here that uh, Neller works for the people in charge. Yeah. So McCall was looking for the people in charge the whole time, not knowing that. She was in the presence of Neller. Mm -hmm. So she's with exactly the people she needed to look for. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, all the people in charge, PIC, people in charge, they come in. They like fuck up this like. Uh, cult, right? This cult, mm -hmm. right? And then they take uh, McCall with her, with them, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, why are they taking her though? Uh, she... I, I didn't understand that part. Like, why did they take McCall? Well, they they take Neller, right? Because he jumps yeah. in, and I think she just jumps in too, right? She gets in there. Does that, she jump in? Yeah, they they both get in the the back of it was like an ambulance. Yeah, uh -huh. to, I was under the impression that they took her, like they just grabbed her and oh, took her in there, and that's why he said she says to to Zia, "Hey, I'll be right back in five minutes." Oh, you know, I was I guess I wasn't paying that close of attention. I thought she was like rushing in there, mm. but uh, I gotta go back and rewatch. Yeah, man. me too, actually. Yes. But yeah, that's another callback, right? Of the I'll be right back. Yes. So mm -hmm. this is the exact same callback of the girls in the bar that yep. said, We'll be right back 
when Eugene says, when a girl says that, they're, they're never, never gonna be, yeah. they're never coming back. Mm -hmm. And and poor Zia, man, he's like, I'll be, she, she, uh, McCall says, I'll be back in five minutes. She ain't gonna, fucking yeah, be back yeah, like in five it minutes. does that dramatic cut too, where it's like clearly nighttime. It's mm -hmm. been like five hours. Back to that same blue tent. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy was waiting, sitting down, waiting for the whole time. Yeah, dude. To uh. where, to where uh, Eugene comes in in his fucked up car mm -hmm. and tells her, uh, excuse me, tells Zia, like, hey, like, uh, we, we got to go. We got a train that's mm -hmm. picking us up. And he's yeah. like, no, I got I got to wait here for for McCall. Mm -hmm. And that's where Eugene tells him, she's not coming back, dude. The people in charge took McCall yeah. and returned her back to her life. Yeah, because they said they did find a mistake. They found a mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he was. she was right the whole time, right? So now, dude, this is what I, I had this, like, little, uh, not, like, kind of like a nitpick, right? Since... Neller never killed himself. He was just the people in charge uh -huh. in there. Maybe his dog as well. Yeah. It's like if if they had hinted, if he had been reunited with his dog and he was just super happy and he smiled, that would have given me a hint like, okay, he doesn't belong here because otherwise he would have been arrested. Yeah. But you also know? like, I think maybe that dog was the hint, right? Because dogs, mm -hmm. I don't know if they can kill themselves. I don't think they would why would they yeah yeah so maybe that was enough of a hint that there was something weird about him mm -hmm. that it was his dog like uh yeah i i think just a little nitpick i think like yeah who am i to fucking tell mm -hmm. the director hey dude this would be better right here but truly if you like look if he was if he was incredibly re like that happy to be reunited with his dog mm -hmm. i would have been like oh my god boy you're here with me again you know like smiling up and down, but well, no. maybe he was just really dedicated to his mm -hmm. undercover work. I guess. Yeah, I think that would have been a nice little subtle thing for a yeah. movie to look in the background, like, oh, he's smiling, but he never got arrested. Yeah, and shit like that. But maybe they felt that was a little too overhanded, right? Because they could made be, yeah. they made such a big deal about nobody here could smile. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, man. So it was just a little nitpick on my part. Mm -hmm. But yeah, back to uh, this is like towards the tail end of the film. It's that. Uh, Eugene tells Zia like hey I got my own life now he's got he's mm -hmm. taken off with Nanook mm -hmm. right so he gives him his car yep right and I man this scene was fucking cool because now uh, he like lights up a cigarette right yeah. and does the same miracle that uh, McCall did with the lighting mm -hmm. the match thing yep. and then he realizes like oh shit like there's a miracle yeah and the reason why is because now he doesn't give a fuck about anything yeah Desiree did never gave a fuck about me. Now the one thing I did care, uh, McCall is gone. She's back in life. So what the fuck am I here for? Yeah. So I'm gonna light a cigarette. Fuck this. And it <laughs> fucking sees a miracle, like just uh, the 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 match fl flow away. Uh -huh. And it's like, damn. It's kind of like he has an epiphany, you mm -hmm. know. But he gets into the car, but it doesn't. It's like, okay, dude, where are you going? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think he was planning on going, maybe back to the kamikaze pizza. I don't know. Just to like a fresh new start, kind of. I don't know. Could yeah, be, uh, could be. They don't really say. Maybe mm -hmm. he's just driving around aimlessly. Yeah. So that's that. Oh, that's what I have in my notes, bro. He's traveling, mm -hmm. traveling aimlessly. Mm -hmm. He waits for like the train, right? Like to cross. Yeah. And that's where he like gets the cassette player and it drops into the seat yeah. under the seat where he reaches for it, and he goes through the black hole. <laughs> yeah. The whole the whole scene like of the, the going through the black hole reminded me of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as he's like floating through, he mm -hmm. sees all the shit that they dropped. All yeah, it's shit. like the the map, the shades, yeah. the flowers. Yeah, I will say, you know, Zia is one clumsy motherfucker, dude. <laughs> this fool like drops everything, everything, dude. Uh -huh. Yeah, very true on that, man. Mm -hmm. And this is the ending of the movie, 
where he's going through the black hole and he wakes up in the hospital, just like he had told when he opened up to McCall. You know, I thought about like, I had a dream of like waking up after my failed suicide attempt at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he wakes up at the hospital. Yes. He looks over and McCall is right there. And they look at each other and they smile mm -hmm. like huge, bro. Yeah. Like fucking smile. And they see each other. And it, and it was like, damn, like what a fucking nice ending that was. Because like these two characters, man, they had to go through like heartache. They had to go through like the worst of the worst to find each other. Mm -hmm. Like Zia had to attempt suicide, go through the dark hole and wake up in his dream just to find McCall. Yeah. You know? And now they're and then even though like they're they're not in a good spot, they're 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 in pain, they're in the hospital, uh -huh. they look at each other and they smile because they know like this is the beginning of something that could be fucking magical. Yeah. You know? And I thought it was such a fucking good ending, man. Mm -hmm. I liked it very much. And that was the end of Risk Cutters, a very fucking good movie. I very much enjoyed it. And like I had already mentioned before where like when we started this episode, like as soon as this movie ended, I started writing everything out. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, yeah, I cannot wait to get started on this episode. Man. Yeah. It was so good, man. Do you have any, uh, uh, don't give me the overall thoughts of what you think of the movie, but when the movie ended, bro, what was your, like your initial thought? My initial thought was this was actually a really interesting movie. Mm -hmm. It's something that I definitely want to go back and watch again. I've already seen it twice, but yeah, I can see myself picking up this movie every once in a while just to watch it again. Cause it's so, it's kind of one of those movies that has a lot of interesting things about it. It's very unique. The very. sound, the soundtrack is very strange, but it's also interesting. The cinematography is weird and the design choices, you mm -hmm. know, the sepia tones and stuff yes. like that. It's interesting. There, and there's a lot of like little nuanced details that this movie throws in there that I feel like I can pick up. Yeah. It would later viewings. Yeah. And then that, that's why I was so like taken aback by this because like, dude, I had never, let alone seen it. I haven't seen it, let alone even fucking heard of this movie up until yeah. fucking like two months ago. Uh -huh. And then I was like, yeah, more people need to need to hear about this or see about this movie. You know? Yeah. So that's why I felt like it was like important to bring this movie up early in our season, dude. Mm -hmm. You know? So yes, that was the ending of Risk Cutters. Please go out of your way to watch this film. It was fucking good. So now we're going to get into our segment of uh, extra work. From these, uh, from some of these characters, right? Mm. Some later work. So let's gonna start. We're gonna start with Patrick Fugit. Um, I already mentioned that he was in Gone Girl and Almost Famous. There's a movie that I have in my collection, bro, that he's in, and I did not realize it was him until like I found out about it, like looking through his filmography. Okay. And the movie is Spun. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's okay. not in it very long. He's a side character, uh -huh. dude. I've seen Spun, dude, like a few times. And I'm like, dude, I, I feel so disgusted watching the film because like, because <laughs> it's it's a film like about junkies and shit yeah, like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, John Leguizamo plays such a piece of shit in this uh -huh. movie. Yeah. He's not even the main character. The main character is Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's like a movie that I was like, oh, should I go back and watch it? Just because like I very much enjoyed Patrick Fugit in, in uh, Wrist Cutters. It's like, do I want to go back and watch Spun? I might have to just to see <laughs> how he is, you know? But I do have it in my collection though. Have you seen Spun? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Do you have I, anything from Patrick Fugibo or do you have anything else to say about Spun? Uh, I was going to say I watched Spun fairly recently, about six months ago, and I enjoyed it. I actually could see myself going back and watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, I just remember him from Almost Famous. I yes. like that movie. Uh, so do I. Mm -hmm. Good film. 
you said, bro, that you had some, uh, you had seen Shannon Sossaman, right? Uh, the girl that plays McCall. Yes. I, I have not seen her in anything, but what have you seen so, her in? So she was in a Night's Tale. Okay. I had, is, uh, it, I know Heath Ledger's in it, dude, but I don't recall her in it. That's a great know? movie. She's the princess or his love interest, the one that he's trying to win over. Hmm. And she's also in a movie that I like uh, called The Rules of Attraction. Okay. It's uh, based off a book. I can't remember the author. I'm blanking. Too much beer. <laughs> but by the uh, way, too much beer is the name of an old punk rock band <laughs> of my uh, shout out to the my cousin Kako. Yeah, much love, brother. Yeah, uh, Shannon. She, I feel like she's the quintessential manic pixie dream girl, mm. which is like this theory that in a lot of these movies, there's like a girl that's she's always weird, but available, and her only purpose is to kind of like fall in love with the main character it's like it's like every man's pipe dream that doesn't really exist mm -hmm. and uh yeah she was like i feel like she was big in the mid 2000s but she's kind of petered off i haven't heard i haven't seen anything from her in a while yeah bro because i haven't this is the only thing i've ever seen her in dude like honestly i I was trying to find like anything from her mm -hmm. i just could not find shit dude i just nothing yeah yeah but uh i feel like she does a really good job and she she fills in a niche yes very good stuff, man. Mm. I need to even uh, like the stuff that I saw like on Wikipedia from mm -hmm. her. Yeah. I'm just gonna even if I don't like the premise, I just kind of want to like watch another one of her works, just should, because I I very much enjoyed her in in Risk Cutters. You should watch the Rules of Attraction. I think you'll like that one. Cool. cool it's cool. got uh, God, what's his name? Another guy from Varsity Blues. I know we were talking about that earlier. The James Vanderbeek. There you go. He's in there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a horrible accent in that movie, dude. Isn't it supposed to be like Southern? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. I don't want your <laughs> life. <laughs> it was very good. Can you do that again? Dude? I guess <laughs> All right. Next character, bro. Uh, we're going to go to Will Arnett. Okay. Mm. Don't recall seeing Will Arnett in any movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have, but the one I want to bring up, though, is not a movie. It's a show. Yes. And he was the voice of BoJack Horseman. Oh, I need to watch that. Dude, I watched the entire show. It was like mm. five seasons. Yeah. I just thought it was going to be a comedy. Uh-huh. Fuck, bro. This fucking cartoon is so depressing. I did not expect it to be that depressing. And <laughs> it, it touches on a lot of crazy subject matter, dude. Yeah. I, I think you should check it out. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I think um, Aaron Paul. He's, mm -hmm. he's he's he does the voice of one of the characters as well. Okay. You can totally tell it's him. It basically sounds like Jesse Pinkman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, um, that's definitely been on my radar. I have it queued up. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Yeah, and it, it may be a cartoon and all, dude, but it's like I think it might have won some like Emmys. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Like, don't quote me on that one, but it, it won some awards. It's that good of a cartoon. Okay. And it, because it it touches like I mentioned like some on some serious shit. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like, oh, fuck. Some of the things I saw, I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> and I and I watched the whole, like, five seasons of it. Yeah. It took me maybe, like, two months. Uh-huh. And it was like, I was like, damn, dude, this is actually, like, a very good cartoon. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything on Will Arnett, bro? Yeah, I like Will Arnett. He, he's another one of those actors where it feels almost like every role he plays is Will Arnett. Yeah. But my favorite is, obviously, Arrested Development. Never watched it, dude, dude. That show is hilarious. Yeah, he's plays the magician. Uh, it's just it's hard to explain, but it's it's funny. But I've I've seen him in some movies. I think he was in a movie about like going to prison mm -hmm. with I can't remember the the guy that's married to the Sarah Marshall actress. I can't remember what's her um, name. Dax. Dax Shepard. Uh -huh. That's right. Yeah. Okay. It, him and 
him and Dax Shepard are in prison or something. That one was, it was like one of those forgettable movies, but uh-huh. it was kind of funny. Okay. But yeah, I like Will and Ed in general. All right. Next character we're going to get into is Jan, played by fucking John Hawks, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just got to say, this This is another, not a movie, yeah. but just another show. The uh-huh. first time I ever saw John Hawks laughing my fucking ass off in Eastbound and oh, Down. Oh, yeah. Is this the same one you were going to say, bro? That's the same show. I don't know if it's the same scene. Okay. Because the, <laughs> bro, there's a scene where Katie Powers kicks the door in, right? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and his brother's take John Hawks is taking his shit, and he's mm-hmm. brushing his teeth at the same time, <laughs> and he's like, he has the 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 like the the spit like in his mouth and everything, but yeah. he can't talk. Uh-huh. So to talk, he fucking spreads his legs open, and he and he spits in between his legs <laughs> where he, he just taking his shit, yeah. just so he can talk. Yeah. That shit had me fucking dying, dude. <laughs> Is that the same scene? No, I don't I don't actually remember that scene to be honest with you, but there's so many good <laughs> scenes in that fucking show. Those of you out there if you want to uh if you like Danny McBride and his character, which is again is another actor who always plays himself. Mm-hmm. Please go out of your way to check out Eastbound and Down. That yes. show is fucking hilarious. And dude, if you want even more laughs, <laughs> Go and watch Will Ferrell's outtakes yeah. of the fucking film. The the let the boy watch scene mm-hmm. and the whole like I feel it down in my plums. <laughs> the dark bluish hue. Yeah, dude. Ready to take him to the farmer's market. Yeah. And that whole shit, dude, with tra- watching Craig Robinson try not to laugh is dude, I if you do not laugh watching that, you don't have a soul, man. It is fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out to our good brother Edgar. Uh, shout out Fucking 8,747. <laughs> the good brother, none of them. Yeah, Much I think love, it, it was last week he was telling me, I asked him what he was going to do, what he was doing on Sunday, and he was like, oh, I'm going to the farmer's market. <laughs> and then I, I wanted to text him back, are you going to take your your plums with a nice blue shoe? <laughs> hey, let me get another shout out, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Shout out to our good brother, dude, fucking Colin Copel, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Every now and then I'll wake mm-hmm. up and he'll just send me a picture of Will Ferrell. He'll send me a text with a picture of Will Ferrell and he'll just says. It'll say take. Uh, I think it says like let the boy watch. He looks like dude. Will Ferrell looks like Ric Flair. Yeah, in this fucking scene, dude. his fucking bleach blonde hair. And yes, shit, dude. Yeah. So man, please go out of your way. You watch those outtakes, man. They are fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Please do so. And brother, if you don't have any other uh, recommendations for any of these other characters, mm. I, th- I think we get into the overall ranking, bro. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, man. So, uh, let me, if you don't mind, bro, let me go first. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So. Overall, like I've mentioned already, man, I, I could not wait to review this movie. I liked it that much, man. Especially uh, for a film, able to get a sensitive subject like suicide and turn it into a romance with dark humor, man. Amazing. You know, mm-hmm. fucking great acting, a very interesting premise with fantastic directing and acting. Uh, man, and then and then it goes a lot that you have these characters that you actually like are rooting for. Like, man, I, in my head while I was watching this film, I, I would... Talk to myself, and I'd be like, "Zia, fuck, just tell McCall you love her, bro. Tell her what do you yeah. got to what What do you have to lose? You're already in the afterlife, dog. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's if if a movie's making me do that, it's doing its job. Mm-hmm. And then, dude, this film, dude, fits the criteria of our podcast to a fucking T. A film that nobody has ever heard of, let alone seen, with all the stuff that I just mentioned before. Absolutely love this movie. Fucking eight and a half stars out of ten for me, brother. Elite range, man. I fucking love this movie, man. Nice. And if if I may go off uh, something else, bro, before you get your ranking, mm-hmm. I was initially going to give this a nine out of ten. And here's mm. why I dropped it off, okay? So, shout out again to the good brother Cheech for recommending this movie. 
But uh, I went up to Cheech, dude, and I told him, I said, bro, uh, I watched the movie, dude, I fucking loved it. But I don't want to, I don't want to talk about too much because I want you to just listen to the episode, right? And he, and then I fucked up, dude. I just we once the ball started rolling about like talking about the movie, huh. I opened up and opened up. He just started saying more shit, and I said, fuck it, bro. I just tell you, I gave it a nine out of ten. Uh-huh. And he's like, dude, he's like, I'm so happy you love the movie, man. And he, and then he said this. He goes. If you liked Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind, then you would like this one. <laughs> so when he said that, I said, fuck, dude, like Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind, I gave a nine out of 10. It's like a near perfect film, uh-huh. right? But then when, when he told me that, I said, fuck, dude, like I love this movie, but it's not really anywhere near Eternal Sunshine because Eternal Sunshine is like layered and just so fucking like in depth with it, with the premise and it can go so many different ways. Okay. And so I had to drop it half a star because of it, dude. Because mm. I couldn't have it like ranked near Eternal Sunshine. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, Chichi, this is not on you, brother. Like, I still love the movie. Okay. But uh, thank you again, brother. This was a, such an enjoyable film, and and this is actually a movie that I'm gonna rewatch a grip of times. Uh, I can I can go home and be like, okay, yeah, I, I feel like watching. All right, let's put on wrist cutters. Mm. Like, I like this movie a lot. And I also what I liked about it is that like the runtime was only an hour and thirty. So it doesn't it doesn't stay its welcome like too long. Yeah. You know, it's like a nice like amount of time mm-hmm. to watch a film. Yeah. The pacing is pretty good. Very. So this movie was one that has been on my radar for a while. I forgot about it for a good almost 10 years. So when you brought it up as, you know, a potential because it was a recommendation, I said, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it because I've been meaning to see it. So when I finally got around to watching it, the first time I'd, I was distracted when I watched it. So I didn't really pick up on a lot of the minute details but i liked what i saw and i'm like man i gotta watch it again like before i do the podcast Mm -hmm. so i did and gave my undivided attention and i was more than pleasantly surprised as i said in the beginning of this podcast this movie is very quirky it's weird Mm -hmm. it's very special it's not a mainstream hollywood movie but the acting is great the actors all do an excellent job they all fit they're all Nobody's out of place. Even Nick Offerman, you know, in his, mm-hmm. his cameo. Mm-hmm. It's just a great movie. The subject matter is kind of dark and depressing, but they kind of lighten it up. Mm-hmm. The cinematography with the design choice of the sepia tones and everything's kind of just odd, but not too unsettling was really well done. The soundtrack I thought was great. It was very strange. So that's like right up my alley. And overall, man... I was I really enjoy this movie. This is a movie I could see myself watching multiple times in the future. I'm gonna go ahead and give this one an eight out of ten. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Hells yeah. Cheers mm-hmm. to that, brother. Very good shit right there. Sweet for the good man. Cheers. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna end it right there, man. Thank y'all so very much for uh taking the time out of your busy day to check out this podcast. Please do yourself a favor, watch Risk Cutters a Love Story. It is a very good movie. It is worth your time. Mm-hmm. Remember to be kind to one another. And please join us next week. We got a film we're going to review from a legendary actor that directed it. So please be on the lookout for that. All right. So much love to all of you. All right. Peace. See you later. Thank you for sticking with us to the very end. Please join us next week as we review a film directed by an acting legend. And that movie is 
A Bronx Tale, a film directed by the great Robert De Niro. So please check out the movie and then join us for the discussion portion of the show. Love to all and bottoms up. Bottoms up.